Today's episode is brought to you by Wild, natural deodorant, body wash and shampoo bars. Wild uses clean and natural ingredients in all of their beautiful products, meaning they're good for your body and the planet. A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host... Revs. I'm a bit delirious. <laughs> if anyone enjoys a bit of ASMR. Revs. Do you get ASMR? Uh, no. No, it's not a thing for you? No. I know some people love falling asleep. Oh, maybe we are an ASMR podcast without meaning to, because so many people say they love falling asleep to our voices. Until we, like, weirdly burst in with hysterical laughter and blow everyone's eardrums away. Yeah, I don't know how people listen to us just before they go to sleep, but anyway, we must be really boring. We're trying to fix our audio vibes, people. We're sitting in a cupboard. We're trying to make it really... Profesh. We were told that most independent professional podcasters record in a cupboard. So here we are. So here we are. Surrounded by gems yet to be thrown away. Old clothes. Given away. Given away. Sorry. Given away. They'll they'll be pre-loved, re-loved clothing. Thank Uh, you very much. I mean, it is chockers in here. (laughs) There's a lot of crap. There's a lot. I haven't seen you wear any of this for a very long time. Well, this all goes back to when we moved into this house, which also coincided with the day Iggy was born. Oh, yeah. Your husband moved on his own. Exactly. You can't let men do things on their own. I know. He unpacked my entire wardrobe. Nah. When I had all these grand plans to do a massive cull when we moved into this house. Yes, but you were 85 months pregnant. Yeah, and then fully postpartum. And in hospital when he moved. Exactly. Which sounds good, but man, did you have to come and rearrange the kitchen when you came home? I had to rearrange everything. (laughs) But the wardrobe, a year on, is something that I have not yet tackled. Yeah, it feels feels like a lot. There's like 17 bags up there in yep. a pile. Yep. You only ever use the one bag. Do you know what? It's, it's going to be quite a cleansing experience because most of this stuff doesn't fit me. Yeah. Toss it. Yeah. Give let it, it away. Go. Let it go. Give it away. Let it go. Seriously, there's bags up there I haven't seen since the late 90s. <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously. No, you're not wrong. I'm looking now and I'm like, yeah, that was my vintage stage. Yeah. You're never going to wear that again. You only ever wear the one bag. It's true. Oh, fun. So how was your week? Um, It's busy because I'm on deadline. Oh. I've had multiple shoots with early starts. And... I salute you, Mama. I feel exactly the same. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> yep. My, everything in my life, though, has gone to shit around it. I'm doing quite well at work, but everything around it has gone to shit. I'm eating like a stoned pregnant person. Me too. Because oh, I'm so tired and I can't think. So I just reach for salt, reach for sugar. Carbs. For Whatever me. keeps you going. Yep. All the carbs. My kids are so strung out because they haven't seen me. Teddy was sick and oh man. Had to call my mum in before 6am this morning. What? Yeah. So Hubs had a work event that started at 7 in the city. Oh. And I had to be on set at 6am. So what time did your mum come at? Like Quarter five? to 6 
Oh, she deserves a medal. She's amazing. Jan Ma. Jan Ma for I president. I see you. We love you. Yeah, she and she was so chirpy when she turned up and I was like, I can't wait to be at that stage of life again when you wake up happy. <laughs> the moment I just wake up like, why? Why am I awake? Why? Oh, me too, honey. Oh, how are you going? You're drowning a little bit. I am drowning, but I enjoy making time to make this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that might have sounded facetious. Oh, no, this is the thing. The potty is my favorite thing. I love it so much, but I just, yeah, feeling pretty time poor at the moment, but it's not going to last forever. No. I've been really um, hitting the mantras hard. Oh, to give me some. Yeah. It's, it's woo-woo. No, um, my mantra, I just feel like it's very indicative of my basic bitchness. Okay, go for it. <laughs> because it's about as basic bitch as you can get. But my mantra is, wait for it. Wait for the profound drop of information. Can I guess? Go on. This too shall pass. No. Oh, okay. What is it? I can do hard things. Oh, no, that's a good one. It, I don't know why, but it's the simplicity of it oh. that just keeps me going. And it's the I can. It's like, yes, I can do hard things. Yes, a little bit of Glennon Doyle in you every day. Yeah, I love it. It really works for me. The other thing that's been helping me significantly as well is actually something I read in an article that was an interview with Drew Barrymore. It's more surrounding parenting and when you're struggling, when you think, oh, I have to feed the kids, I have to bath the kids, I have to put the kids to bed. You change the language to instead of I have to, to I get to. Yeah. So you say, I get to feed the kids tonight, or I get to. From Drew Barrymore, who's probably like, I get to call the nanny. <laughs> I get to call the second nanny up from downstairs. <laughs> I, I get second to, nanny! I get to go to a red carpet event. No, but I get to put the kids to bed. Fuck off, Drew. <laughs> no, Drew Barrymore aside, I actually find it really helpful. On another note, yes. it's, it's not a happy story, but I had my first experience in the playground witnessing a mum yelling at another mum oh. for her kid's behaviour. Her tone was really aggressive. Like a full-on confrontation. So let me paint the scene. I kind of came in halfway through the confrontation, so I didn't really get the full picture. But essentially, there was a boy on a swing and a mum who was about to push him. Then this other mum marched over like she was a woman on a fucking mission. She was a bat out of hell. And she went up and went, you know, your kid just pushed my son off the swing. But it was so pointed. And like it shook me out of my reverie playing with Iggy. Your reverie. (laughs) I was was like cooing at my little one-year-old. And then this woman was like, you know, your kid just pushed my kid off the swing. And the other mum was like, oh, did he? I, I didn't really understand what. The aggressive mum wanted the other mum to do. To do, yeah. So the other mum just went, "Oh, did he? Sorry, yeah. You know, kids, yeah, like this." Then the aggressive woman goes, "Well, it's not good enough." What does she want? A written apology? Exactly. And then the other mum responded with asking her son, "Did you push that little boy off the swing?" And then of course her son said, "No." no. <laughs> <laughs> Smart kid. And then she looked to the other mum like, "Well, he's saying no." It's his word against your kid's word. And the other mum went, you know what? Don't worry about it. But just with this like, like don't even talk to me, turned her back and like marched off and then went and joined her friend. And then they both like very overtly were like bitching. 
about that mum. Oh my god. It was awful. I felt really bad for the nice mum because she hadn't witnessed what had happened. Yeah. So she was a bit bewildered by the whole thing, but I just thought the other woman was uh, she was a real Karen. Yeah. And she was our age and I was like, oh no, not a premature Karen. <laughs> Oh, that's worse than a mature Karen. The worst. (laughs) But I was so mortified and I thought, oh my God, if you were my mum friend and then I saw you speak to a stranger like that, I would be like, oh no, we can't be friends. No, it's like if people are rude to waiters or, yeah, yeah, nah. I put them in the same category. I was really taken aback. Yeah. And I thought, fuck, if someone marched over to me and pulled me up for Rafa's behaviour, I would be apologetic, which the other woman was, but I I don't know. I'm so befuddled by the whole thing because I honestly don't know what she wanted that mum to do. Did she want her to, in that moment, discipline her son? Did she want her son in that moment to hand the swing back to her kid but her kid by that point was across the other side of the playground doing something else so I don't know it was just weird it made me feel really uncomfortable and it made me realize that I really don't like confrontation I hate confrontation and I become a deer in the headlights like I was like I need to be invisible but I'm standing too close to the swing set am I part of this no I'm not distract yourself hold Iggy but then eavesdrop because this is really interesting (laughs) might be good content for the potty (laughs) (laughs) it sounds a bit like she's got some shit going on in her life and maybe that was like a the straw that broke the camel's back yeah when people completely snap like that like I guess you just don't really know what's going on for them true that's a very generous (laughs) view yeah, I know. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can be a dickhead to people. But, you know, sometimes when you're just having a week or having a month or something's going on and you just snap. But usually that's at a very dear loved one, not a stranger in the I was, park. I was just about to say that you can't redirect your own shit on yeah. a stranger like that. It honestly brought down the whole tone of the playground. Yeah, I, bet. I wanted to leave. I was like, this is making me feel really uncomfortable. It's the bitching with the other friend for me. Yes. Yeah, that feels yuck. Yeah, it felt really yuck. If you're that mum, write in. Tell us what's going on for you. you okay, babe? <laughs> so I can just see you want to talk about Harry and Meghan. Well, by the time this episode airs, it's, it'll be old news, That's right? my fear, that it'll be like chip shop wrapping or whatever they say. <laughs> Look, if I may. <laughs> Go for it, Brit. I have intensely mixed emotions about it. And I do realise and appreciate that there is a clear division in the response to this interview. Totally. And I'm going to make a bit of a bold call. Ooh. And say that I feel like Australians are more aligned with the American take on that interview mm-hmm. versus the British. Now, I am half British. My mum is British. She's born full and British. <laughs> yeah, she is a real Brit. and she's, she's as British as a cup of tea. She really is. She's as British as a cup of bovril. She's as British as a crumpet. <laughs> as a buttery crumpet. As Monster Munch. I'd say. What's Monster Munch? Exactly. Any Brits listening to the potty, if you know, you You know. know. So obviously the Brits, and I'm going to speak for the majority. Oh, you're going to speak for the majority? (laughs) The next stop on this tube (laughs) is cancelled. I I wasn't (laughs) expecting to talk about Meghan and Harry. So I think it's very clear that that a lot of the population of Britain, um, their feathers were ruffled (laughs) by this interview and they leap to the defence of the monarchy. Mm. England, maybe, not Britain. Yeah, maybe, yeah, England. Can't, I can't get into it because so, I, if I scratch the surface, I'm going to deep dive on this, guys. But yes, I think we can all agree that America and most of the world's 
heart goes out to Megan talking about her mental health issues. Oh, yeah, undeniable. Like, there's exactly. The bits that I struggle with <laughs> in the interview is they want to seek a private life. They they sought emancipation from the firm. And yet, it sounded a bit bratty hearing them talk about, like, well, it's Archie's birthright to be a prince. And I'm like, well, a great-grandson isn't bestowed a title of prince until he becomes grandson to the king. So until Charles becomes king. Exactly. Right. Right now Charles isn't king. Right now Archie is a great grandson to the queen. I thought they were saying they but they were letting them know that, that wouldn't be the case when Charles became king. Oh really? That's that's what I took from it. I think everyone's getting very hung up on this um technicality of the title. But I guess for me, it's like, why does it matter? I don't know. It felt really petty to me. The whole thing's hilarious. The fact that they're seeking a private life. I mean, they're not seeking a private life. They did a primetime interview with Oprah. That's not seeking a private life. I'm really sceptical about the whole thing. I'm, as you know, a Republican. Mm -hmm. So I would love Australia to become a republic. So I'm like, ah, this might be the end. (laughs) We're all seeing through. I'm so thoroughly unshocked that the British monarchy are racist. They're literally colonizers. Not figuratively, like, oh, those colonizers. No, literally colonizers. That's their whole legacy, is they went around the world invading countries, predominantly of people of color. Of course, they've got a colonizer's worldview. It's so unshocking to me. Like, yeah. I believe they're racist. I don't know what that means with this title I or think, that see, title I, or whatever. See, but... I think it's really unfair to just put that blanket wash of, yeah, they're racist. Because I, I think you can make racist remarks by accident based, and this is not me forgiving it, yeah. but generationally, sure. everyone has that weird uncle sure. or in-laws who make those comments. Or the granny you love so much, but she's so fucking unwoke, and you're like, oh my God, you yeah, can't you say can't that, say nana. That. Yeah. yeah, But the difference is, your uncle or my nana is not in power, was not born into a hugely privileged position of power. They have to do better. I'm sorry, but the royal family do not hold that much weight of power in anymore. They don't. They're merely figureheads. But they're rich and privileged and live in palaces. Sure. Afforded these incredible lives just by being born. But what did Harry say? My brother and my father are trapped. And he described a life that after watching that interview, no one wants. Yeah. So you talk about, yes, they're technically born into privilege and have all this wealth. Sure. But that doesn't mean shit when clearly none of them are happy. Clearly all of them are just running a stiff upper lip and just getting on with it. That's what I took from it. I'm like, this is such a culture clash because British people generally are very happy to be uncomfortable. And you know, that thing that stuck out for me was that the royals have said to them, we've all been through this. You just have to suck it up and get on with it. And like, you know, then they'll focus on someone else. That is such a British attitude. That's why I had to flee COVID in Britain because no no one would whinge with me. I was like, this lockdown is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And everyone's like, well, it will end eventually. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) I need to be with the convicts who whinge about shit. And Americans generally don't like to be unhappy obviously none of us like to be unhappy but they also don't like being controlled Um, americans don't like being controlled and they don't like discomfort if they're uncomfortable 
they'll change something. You know, Absolutely. it's all about the pursuit of happiness or whatever. Yeah, they're, so the land, me, they're the land of the free. Totally. So to me, that just looked like the biggest culture clash ever. They want to protect their magical institution. They should stop letting Americans in because every time an American walks in, some bomb goes off and the whole thing almost comes toppling down. Like the last American who fell in love with a prince who became the king and then he abdicated to marry her because she was divorced. Yep. Like, have they learnt nothing? She was also an actress, I believe. Build a wall. Build a wall. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I do think doing an interview with Oprah is a bit of a joke. Like, write an essay. I just feel <laughs> like putting yourself on TV like that, where everyone is going to read into your body language. Like, literally the first thing my mum and I did is jump on a call. And the first thing we both noted was the second Harry came in and sat on screen, he was a shade of grey I have never seen before. Like, he looked... Looked ill because he'd just listened to Megan oh. talk. And I honestly feel like he just went, holy fuck, we're doing this and we're going to share this many truths. We're about to drop a fucking bomb on the institution and none of it can be taken back once it's out. I think it's way more calculated on all sides than that. Of course it's calculated. Like, all of them have spin. All of them have people writing their statements those two were so media trained. They were so ready. If you know Oprah's like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm asking. But they were rehearsed media trained answers. And then I'm sure they didn't know what the questions were going to be. But I'm absolutely certain they would have had approval before it went to air. Hence why it was shot so long ago. I don't know. I feel like some of the questions Oprah threw There's out there no was... way they would have done that without having being able to have approval for what goes to air. They just wouldn't have. There's no way. Yeah. And it was just framed as, you don't know the questions. And I'm just like, oh, cool. What could it be? Why did you leave? Mm. And who kicked you out? <laughs> the most heartbreaking thing for me is seeing the breakdown of the relationship between Harry and Prince William and also Harry and his dad. If there ever was one to begin with. It doesn't... We like to think of them as a warm, fuzzy family, but it's a business. I, it's, uh, no, it's I understand tourism. that, but you can't deny that there were some raw feelings that Harry was pulling on. I can deny that, or not that, deny. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, None but, of us know. Okay, but hear me out okay. on this point that I want to make is that Harry's relationship with his dad is clearly extremely fractured right now. I don't know what it was before or all the waves of changes that it's gone through over the last however many decades. But right now, it was raw. Like, the way he threw out that line, if my dad ever takes my calls, yeah. or that was when my dad stopped taking my calls. I mean, that was such a flippant remark. And then Oprah, being the great interviewer she is, like, honed straight in on that and was like, tell me more, tell me more. And then he, you could see he was giving a bit but being cagey. Anyway, there was a point in the interview where Harry said I want to make it my top priority to start that healing process with my dad mm -hmm. now I have a huge problem with when people are trying to communicate with their own family members through the media and do you know who else did that Thomas fucking Markle. He did that because Meg stopped taking his... I can see you're really riled up about it. Right. Let me finish my point. Because Meg stopped taking Thomas Meg. <laughs> Markle's calls. And then he went through the media because he couldn't get through to her. So then he started communicating to her through the media. And now Harry's doing the same thing. They've cut each Maybe. other off. We so don't he goes, know. We don't know who's cut who off, who's to answering calls. No, Every but he said that. Yeah. That's his... That's his truth. Sure. I, we, we don't know, but I'm going off what Harry said. Sure. I'm not making that assumption. Yeah, yeah. Harry said 
They've cut me off financially. My dad is not answering my calls. Like that is a cutoff. But to use the media to communicate, they are just perpetuating the same media interest cycle. Yeah. So they shit on the media, but then they use the media. Of course yeah. the media was going to syndicate this story everywhere and extrapolate the highlights yeah. that suits them to project a story to the audience members who didn't watch the whole thing, totally. who can then sit in rage. But actually, if you sit in and watch the whole two-hour special, you can see that it's so nuanced. Like There were moments where I felt deep empathy for Megan. Yeah. And then there were other moments when she was when she said, I don't know, I, do, I guess I just like rescuing things. Like I was like, like Harry's you... her best rescue she's ever made. Oh, <laughs> she saved so, him from the pound. But so earnest <laughs> so in her earnest. tone. And I'm she's like, American. Oh. She's so American. He's so British. Y'all being so British right now. <laughs> I am? You are. You can't even, like, you are so in defense of the monarchy, whether you want to be or not. It's I like just, it's in it, your bones. Stop right there. I am not defensive of the monarchy. I think the firm needs a fucking shake-up, and this is their shake-up. They, they need an HR department. That's what they need. They have one. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Did you not watch... No, but not for Megan. She, there was no HR for her. She is married to a key member of the royal family. She said herself, I quote, I went to HR and no, asked the help. firm, not HR. They don't have. They don't have an she HR. She said I went to HR. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. <laughs> Fact check. Fact check. Fine, Look, go for it. I just find, I can see I'm upsetting you. I just find it fascinating that everyone is prepared to die on these hills on their opinion when none of us know any of it. You can't count any of it as truth and you can't count any of it as lies. It is all for show. The literal royal family is an illusion. But you know what I'm just doing what? along with everyone else? I know. We're just pulling out the popcorn. I know. I know, but it's everyone's talking about it like they have a personal vested interest in the story or like they personally know everyone. No, just... I've never claimed to personally know anyone, but... <laughs> no, I'm my... not saying you claimed to. Look at you. You're so defensive. I never personally claimed to know anyone. No, I know, but everyone's just so invested. And I'm like, it's so ridiculous but are you that not there is in... an institution but where wait, you are wait, wait, born wait. into a god-given right to be queen fuck off it's 2021 it's the stupidest idea in the world how are they still relevant they are absolutely not relevant anymore they're a postcard i was talking to my mum about this i said do we need the monarchy yeah like if they're merely figureheads <laughs> you can't say that to a british woman she might explode is there any relevance that's the big question and i no. think the answer is no yeah but my mum said they're a tourist attraction. Sure. But I was like, hang on, so is the Eiffel fucking Tower. Yeah. That's a tourist attraction too. That's not attached to all these people making shitloads of money off the taxpayer. Use the taxpayer's money to maintain Buckingham Palace and get the crown jewels clean and let that be a part of history. Yeah. Let's get rid of Make these royals. Yeah. Who are earning these ridiculous ways. I mean, Harry crying poor. I know. I can't do I've it. I've been cut off. It's like, oh, you've only got the 50 million pounds your mum requested yes. you. And that net worth that yeah. you brought up just then is public knowledge. It has to be public knowledge yeah. because taxpayers fund their lives. The fact, so that is bullshit. Totally. The fact that my um, Scottish family that work for the NHS or as a teacher on minimum wage fund that lifestyle... I mean, it's hard to make an argument for that. Yeah, they've got to go. They've got to go. 
But also, Harry and Meghan, they've kind of got to go too. It's all got to go. I just wish Harry and Meghan would get on with the work that they keep talking about. Like, we want to be of service. I'm like, cool, you don't need to be doing this Oprah fucking special. Just get on with your lives. Yeah. Stop drawing more attention. Like, you just want the attention. I would have had so much. Feeding the beast. Of course they are. But of course they are. She's a celebrity. She's an actor. Like, that was her life before. She had a public life. He had a public life. I would have had a lot more respect for them if they'd said, look, we want a public life. We just felt trapped and unsupported and like an opportunity was being wasted within the royal family. Hella respect if they'd said that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they didn't. They were like, oh, no, all these things. Look, I actually totally believe the race stuff. So do I. I'm not surprised at all. And I think that is a genuine experience they've had. It just feels legit. Right? 100%. But I do think it's so problematic that Harry threw that grenade, but then oh, no, I'm not going to tell you what they said or who said it. And now there's this huge witch hunt in the royal family. And now Oprah's had to come out and say, Harry told me it's not the queen and it's not... That's the other thing with the queen. Everyone's like, poor queenie. It's like, she's the fucking boss. No, 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 no. Now I feel defensive. (laughs) Of Lizzie? I love Lizzie. She has given her life of service. Honestly... I just can't. You watch The Crown. I love The Crown. Yes. But I love it as a drama. No, of course. We've talked about this. <laughs> I really just love the costumes and the set design and the incredible acting and the beautiful script work. I, I, Lizzie is the boss, okay? She's the fucking CEO. She's got a culture problem in her organisation. I love my grandmother. She sends me a waffle maker. Fuck off. She's the boss. If someone's racist in that institution, she needs to shut it down. But she's not the boss, Rev. She is. She's not. She literally is. She She's just a figurehead. She, the Prime Minister the has then? more power than what, her. That's what, what I'm the saying. Point? They all just need to go. Yeah. And I feel for, like, Prince George. Welcome to Royal Talk with Gem and Kate. <laughs> Prince George? Why do you feel for Prince George? Oh, because something's got to change. Do you, no, do you know what? I feel for whoever fucking marries Prince George. There's not going to be a monarchy by the time Prince George gets married. Well, He'll at be least... at fucking Club Med in his fluoro bathers with a fucking mojito <laughs> in hand. And three models balancing on his belly. He's not going to be any kind of prince or king. It will be done by then. Oh, big call. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, Brits, if you're like, or royalists. I'm sorry. I know there's lots of you out there. Don't cancel me. It's just my opinion, my humble opinion. Oh, my God. Please cancel her. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Didn't plan to talk about this, but and, what a tangent. And by Tuesday, this is going to be old news. Old and irrelevant, oh. like the royals. <laughs> well put. So do you know what I don't have time for this week? What don't you have time for, darling? P.S. Can I just say I love you? Love you too. We can have healthy debates. I it's okay. I can see it's personal. <laughs> I can see your Union Jack blood <laughs> pumping through your veins. Okay, I'm not going to get back into it. Um, I really struggle and I get this question slid into my DMs every now and then. But when people ask me about how I feel about sharing my children on oh, such a public space. Yes. And I've had some time to think about this and I there's no perfect answer. And I guess I want to flip it over to you because you are someone pre-podcast who had a private account yeah you weren't public in any way shape or form you did frequently share photos of your family updates your kids on your very private instagram page as well as your private facebook page so how do you feel now revs stepping into the arena publicly and continuing to share content of your children because i'm the reason why i'm asking you is because you're new to it so it's like 
is it a weird adjustment? Because to me, it's so normal. Yeah. That I don't think about it until someone throws me that question and I'm like, oh. Well, I got to say, it's one of my biggest fears is that the thing that I will fuck my kids up over and the thing they'll turn around and be mad at me for generationally is that I gave them a digital footprint. Mm. Which I have. We Uh, both have. Yeah. I don't have any good answers. I'm not fearful of it because, as I said before, it's become really normal to me. And I guess it's habit. Like I'm just in the habit of sharing photos or doing Instagram stories. And I guess I do have a slight filter where I might take a photo of the kids in a bath and then I'm like, ooh, that doesn't feel appropriate. Like I I, I do like draw the line at certain things depending on what feels appropriate and what doesn't. And it's really hard because anytime someone brings that loaded question to me, God, I'm on my high horse today. I love it. Preach, girl. I know what you're saying. It's putting the onus on you to not put content out there instead of trying to stamp out the problem. problem. The root of the problem. I guess it's like, where does your philosophical standpoint end and your protection of your own kids begin? Yes. We're in an age and a world that we haven't had before and there aren't rules and protocols and we don't know the level of safety of these things. We know it can be really unsafe. We know it can be... Um, I guess like you, you open your life up, you open yourself up to criticism, you open yourself up to being judged, you open yourself up to like bullying of your kids. If that ever happened, I'd probably really reconsider like what's going on. Definitely. And what I'm sharing. Um, I but- think what scares me is that they will at some point have their own controlled well, digital footprint. It. I don't know if I'm more scared about them being like, no, don't take my photo or like whether they're like, I want a YouTube channel and I want to get to 50,000 followers by the end of December or whatever. See, that scares like, what's me scarier? more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that definitely scares me more. Yeah. I'm so grateful that we didn't have social media when we were teenagers. Me too. Like the shit I would have said the embarrassing things I would have put out. Like I've already had to comb through my Facebook and take down some photos from my early 20s that I was like, what the hell were you thinking? Oh my God, how bad was our fashion sense back then? Because we didn't have Pinterest or Instagram to refer to. We were literally bound by our own community and what everyone else was wearing. Or or, the movies. Or the movies or what the latest or, or what our local stores had in stock. It wasn't like how it is now where you can literally see what trendsetters in America are wearing. Yeah, you have access to style it's not so much the style though it was like just being like overtly try hard sexy or like being really drunk like do you remember when we used to go out and just upload an album of drunk photos not one or two funny snaps an album of 48 photos of just being absolutely drunk in the cross this is in our early 20s like what fools who were we trying to impress but we didn't have any education tools it was all coming up for our generation, by our generation. So we were kind of learning on the go, whereas our kids will have more tools, more education and more knowledge and awareness around this stuff. But then who knows what else is going to... Whatever social media our kids are going to be on, we don't even know what it is yet. I'm sure it doesn't exist yet. It definitely doesn't. Yeah. But, you know, us worrying about our kids and oh, but we didn't have this or we didn't have that, like they they will, that is completely cyclical behaviour. Yes. Our parents... Yes. 
would have been like, oh my God, the our kids have the internet. Yeah. You know, and then their parents would have been like, oh my gosh, you mean the wireless isn't the only way to source information? Our kids are going to have TVs. Look at these sexy dancers <laughs> showing their ankles and wrists and their midriffs. You know, did like, your parents grow up in Victorian times? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, that doesn't bother me so yeah. much. Our kids will be fine. They will thrive and survive in the world that they're I in. I don't know. I worry a lot about porn. And the accessibility to yeah, it. Yeah, the average age that kids first see porn now is eight. Well, interestingly, my next door neighbours have two seven-year-old twin boys and my neighbour was saying that she's too scared to put them on a bus to go to school because the high school kids play porn <gasps> to the young boys on the buses. Oh, my God. I know, and completely corrupt their innocence. It's awful. So oh she was like, God. I just can't subject my boys to, like, older high school yeah, kids. who just thing, though. It's going to happen. I know. Not where you think you can protect them. Like, it's going to happen. They're going to see stuff. I think you just have to acknowledge it that it's happening and and try and face it head on and no, teach you have them, to teach them that it's not that's not what sex is i know that's my but fear eight, eight i know that feels so little how old were you when you first saw porn um i feel like i was almost at uni oh my god no i was i was about 10 or oh, 11 whoa i think so yeah my friend her dad had full a full on porn like or like a sexy movie collection no 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 like actual porn <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, my friend's dad had a video, a VHS collection. Oh, my God. And um, we, like, snuck into their room and got it. We felt so naughty. I think I was about 11. It was before I moved to Australia, definitely, because wow. I was doing a sleepover at my friend's house. There was, like, six of Dude, us girls. shit goes down on sleepovers. Big Let's time. just ban the sleepovers. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> shit goes down on those things. Yeah, and I remember vividly. I can even remember the room I was in. And feeling so uncomfortable, yeah. but then sickly fascinated because yeah, I was like, what am I watching? Because yeah, we're wired to sort of go, huh? What's that? Yeah. What's going on? But look, take comfort in it. Like I was 10, 11 years old. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Because I've got Catholic guilt. <laughs> <laughs> like we talked about in the sex episode. I'm riddled with it. <laughs> yeah, you're not fucked up at all. <laughs> I think the issues with porn is our fear that, yes, as you said, that they are going to think that that is how you have sex. Yeah. That women like to be choked and gagged and oh, have their hair Jesus. pulled and their boobs slapped. Like I know <laughs> boobs slapped. That's a thing apparently. Okay. Cool. Each to their own. <laughs> well, and some women do, I'm sure, but like you just don't want them to think they have to be a porn star when they first get into their sexual experience. But also you don't want boys to have that expectation or become yeah. so desensitized to it that the only way they feel pleasure is to have those extreme scenarios played out. Or for even them. think that bodies look that way, you know? Or that pizza people come to give you a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Like, guys, it's just Uber Eats. That pool boy is not here to have sex with your mum. Oh, God. I don't think we can ever try and make porn woke. No. Well, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> where do we want to go with this? How did we get here? I don't know. I don't know. So you're, you're cool. You're comfy sharing your life. Do you feel you have to make an argument for it? Because I feel like that kind of question makes you feel, obviously, somewhere. It's made you prickly. It has. So it makes you feel like you need to justify that you share your kids on your Instagram? Well, I can't justify it because, as you said, it's really hard to make an argument for it. Yeah. But I guess for me, I justify, and I will use that word, because being part 
of the internet to me is the same as being part in society in the real world. Yeah. I can't imagine life existing without internet anymore. We're so sickly dependent on it now. We talked about this before. I don't even carry a wallet anymore. I pay for things on my phone. Like every single thing is done online. Everything is trackable and traceable. Having a social media profile now just feels like a part of life. It's how you communicate. Like heck, you can miss someone's birthday party invite if you're not on Facebook. You know, like everything is done on these social media platforms that I hope to God that it's such a normal part of life that by the time my kids go to school and grow up, that there will be such an interest and expectation to exist on their social channels, whatever they are, in 15 years' time, that for them, they'll look back at my profile and go, well, yeah, that was normal to just share updates with your family The thing is, being online and that social interaction online, for us, that's for us. If I stopped tomorrow sharing my kids online, nothing would change in their world. They don't get a dopamine hit from people going, oh, you're so cute. Like, that's not their world. It's not their experience. That is for us. And absolutely, Instagram for me has been a savior many times in my life. When I was on maternity leave, when I was stuck in lockdown, when I was living in another country, when I was in the thick of young kids and my friends didn't and I still felt connected and like I had a community amazing i like love so many things about the online world and the internet and sharing things on social media don't know where i'd be without pinterest honestly i'd just be a sad sad person well you wouldn't be a creative director that's for sure <laughs> no. but it's for me it's yes. absolutely for me yes and that's and that's my experience in the world my husband's not really on socials no and it would change nothing for my kids if tomorrow i stopped so I think I'm just kind of acknowledging that, that well, it's are like you, a are motherhood. You, are you acknowledging that it is harmless to them currently, uh, your share? I, I hope so. Yes. Like, this is the thing we don't know, I guess. Like you put it out there and then you don't really, I, it, that's the fear, right? You put okay. these things out there and you don't know where they go. Then let me ask you this. Let's forecast a little bit. What problems do you foresee them having sharing photos of or video content of them from their childhood because I'm trying to put myself in that position where let's just say our parents were part of a generation where that was totally normal and I'm going to say it's normal I know there's always people who are vehemently against it but they themselves are hardcore consumers so let's let's put ourselves in that position would you be upset about your mum sharing videos of you from when you were say aged one to seven I don't think so I don't think so I don't think I would either yeah yeah no I think I'd be fine with it I mean there was a period in life when I was like 12 13 where I would not have wanted any photos of me from like 9 10 11 to surface oh I think teens are different awkward and just awful I think we can all agree that your teen years are different there are there is no way that parents can force their teenage kids to be in a photo or a video unless they wanted to for you to share it's just I just can't see a situation where I can forcibly convince Rafa to create content with me yeah. For the sake of my mum, as in her mum's yeah. Instagram. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But right now, she's just a two-year-old. It's funny, isn't it? Because, like, it, the old school version is kids who did commercials. Yes. If you went and did commercial as a kid, would you expect that you would earn that money? Like, I did commercials as a kid. And did you earn that money? Was it put away for you? Or did your mum earn that money? It was put away for me. And I earned that money. Right. So, take mumfluencers. Yep. They're creating content with their families. Yep. 
but they bank the money or they put it away. We don't know. We don't know everyone's personal situation. Yeah, I guess everyone will have an absolutely different approach to that. Yeah. I mean, parents could argue that, yeah, I mean, I am in control of those funds, but it all funnels back to them, whether it's your food, family. clothes, yeah, yeah. education, totally. all that stuff. Yeah. But I did an ice cream commercial in Thailand when I was seven years old once. I got scouted in the street <laughs> and I got paid 7,000 baht. What's Don't that? ask me why I remember that, but I do because as a seven-year-old, I thought, holy shit, that is so much money. The conversion now, I think 7,000 baht is about $200. Oh, wow. Which is a lot. That's of, a lot to a seven-year-old. But also a seven-year-old back then, that was me early 90s. Yeah. That was a lot of money. That was like at least two pairs of Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Half a Walkman. Ad break. Got to keep the lights on. DLs, you're not going to want to skip this one as we have one of the biggest discounts we have ever procured for you from this awesome brand. I am extra excited about today's sponsor because DLs, as you will know, this started out as my not spawn. And now it's spawn. How good. Okay. So on your reco, I've started using wild natural deodorant and then wild came to us and asked if we wanted to try the full range. So Obviously, we jumped on that. That's right, DLs. Consider us your natural body care crash test dummies. Mm -hmm. So I've been using wild deodorant for nine months now, and I love the change. My motivation for stopping using regular store-bought deodorant was the aluminium and parabens. Mm. I mean, we use deodorant every day, so mm. I want to try and avoid all the harsh chemicals as well. Wild's whole thing is that it's all clean and natural. Did your body adapt straight away? Did it take a minute? Okay, so you do need to give this a couple of weeks, okay? okay? There is an adjustment period like anything natural. So my recommendation to you, Revs, was mm. definitely to give it a full fortnight and then decide how you like it. Okay. You did, but for me, it's been pretty seamless. I will say I'm not an overly sweaty girl, but I have always used strong deodorant and frankly, it's just time to get off the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm loving the switch. I found it really easy and the dispenser is really gorgeous. The user experience, mwah, just great. Have you got a go-to scent? Oh, babe, I'm all about the fresh cotton and sea salt. Mm. I will say they have got this new Rainforest Oasis scent oh, yes. that I'm keen to try. I am using that one and it's dreamy oh. and it comes in the body wash too and I'm always auditioning body washes. So far, I am loving this one. Repsy, do you love how you can choose your deodorant mm. case colour mm -hmm. and just pop in the recyclable refills? You know, it makes doing the right thing for the environment feel very nice and bougie. Obsessed. Loving the shampoo bars too because I'm always cringing at the waste in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And of course, all wild products are vegan and cruelty free. So do something for the planet that your future self will thank you for and check out Wild today with 25% off your entire order. Whoa. Use code NOTIME, all caps, no space, at the checkout. 25% is huge. Yeah, it's actually the highest discount Wilder offering in Australia and it's exclusively for you, DLs. Go to wearewild.com and use code NOTIME at the checkout for 25% off. Enjoy. Okay, so can I just ask you a bit about influencing stuff? Are you comfy telling me how it all works and like... Sure. I feel like people would really love to know this sort of thing. Because I heard the other day, do you know how much it costs to feature on a Kardashian grid on the Instagram? Like what, a million dollars? Oh, it's half a million. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to aim high. You yeah. built it up so much. 
So it's half a million dollars half for a, one post. Half a million dollars for one post. That's insane. On their Instagram. That's insane. So tell me how it works. Like, how do you become an influencer? Like, what is the process? God, I feel like I'm really low scale here <laughs> now that you've started with the Kardashians. Well, I think most... Okay, I'll speak on behalf of the mumfluencer community because okay. I guess I exist in that world. Right, I know nothing about this world. I know that you're not a full-time influencer, that you have a profile and a community and a platform and stuff, but it's not really what you do for work. But you know how it works, right? Like, you know the system. I've worked in the space, yeah, yes. you've dabbled. I've da- Well, I, I hate that word, influencer. <laughs> I, I feel like I sit more comfortably in the term content creator. Sure, wherever you comfortably okay. sit, everyone else in the whole world calls it influencer. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, how does it all start? Like, at what point do you start getting approached? It all starts with your core following growing. Okay. Because I guess when you build an audience, then brands want to get their stuff in front of their eyes and ears. Yeah. So it can happen really organically. You can't wake up and decide, I want to be an influencer. Come on, brands, come at me. Let me reach out to you. You've got to share a lot of free information, resources, interesting, entertaining content. um, That resonates with people. That resonates with people that makes them want to stick around and hang out with you on your platform. Yeah. Um, And then as that grows, and my Instagram platform has been a slow burn. And I'm actually really proud of that because I've been around for a very long time, but I have no interest in growing my followership. I'm really happy with where it is because I've never bought a follower. I rarely take part in those giveaways where people are forced to follow like 30 people because I don't see the sense in growing an audience of people who are following you because they wanted to enter a giveaway to win a prize like you want people who want to be there I honestly want people to have chanced upon me yeah somehow yeah and read a bit and went oh yeah I'll hang around here. That's what I prefer because then they're doing it. They're following me on their own prerogative. They've chosen to be there. So I feel like they naturally want to engage in my content more. Yeah. I don't understand this thirst for growing followers just for the sake of hitting a bigger number. Well, because then wouldn't the logic go that the bigger than following, the more you could get paid, the more brands want to work with you and it's like growing a business? Well, not anymore because everything's right. based on engagement now. Right. Okay. Like, for example, someone with a highly engaged audience of 10,000 followers can earn the same amount as someone with 100,000 followers right. who has 10% engagement. And how do you know if someone's got engagement? You can change your profile page to be a business page or a content creator page, and then you get access to all of these metrics. And then there you can see how well a post has performed. And what's a good performing post? Like lots of likes? Well, I guess everything. Likes, views, comments. I mean, saves, shares. Right. All of that stuff makes up your engagement. And I guess you now have to hand over that information to brands, which I think is really important that they know what their ROI is. Yeah. In case people don't know what ROI is, I'm not going to assume everyone does, but that's return Return on on investment. investment. Because if they're going to inv- invest money in you, they need to know that things are landing and hitting so that their product is getting the recognition that they're hoping for. Right. So someone's spruiking a skinny tea or something. 
on, and they've got, say, 100,000 followers. How much do they get paid for that? I have no idea because it depends on their engagement. The follower count is so benign. Right. It means nothing. Right. It's redundant now. And that's why I said I have no interest in growing my audience. Like I currently sit at around 50,000 strong. And I fucking love my community. I don't need more because more followers, more problems. Yeah, more yeah. followers, more trolls. Like, yeah, so I don't, do you get trolled? Not frequently. Tell us about a time you were trolled. Oh, there's definitely... there's definitely. I'm trying to get some tea here. You're spilling no tea. You're like, it's all about engagement. I don't know how much they get paid. Tell me. All right, you want to get to the juice? <laughs> yes, I want some juice. Look, I would like to just be clear in defining that trolls are different to mum police or parent police. Okay. Parent police are people who are well-intentioned, yep. who are offering unsolicited advice. Yep. Okay, Which that's, we're not big fans of. We're not big fans of. Do I have a number of parent police that follow my Instagram who can't help but unload their advice on me? Yes. Ugh. And I've become really accustomed now to just not responding. What's an example of a mum police? So an example of that is I posted a video of Rafa in her car seat and she had pulled her arms out from the straps and was sitting there. And then sure enough, I had about five people DM me saying, oh, did you know that Rafa's arms are out of the seatbelts? It's actually really dangerous. And and I'm like, yes, I know. I can see that. But it's a battle that you know nothing about. Yeah. Like she completely loses her shit. It doesn't matter how much I tighten those straps. She can MacGyver her way out of it. It's a problem. We're working on it. Yeah. Like, thank you for your observation and your comment. And if you're filming a video, the car is stationary. Or not. Yeah. Sometimes I'm in the passenger seat. Yeah, but yeah. it's just been an ongoing issue but it's a 15 second video yeah. and they're not seeing the whole picture or another example was this one time when Rafa was like eight months old I shared a video spoon feeding her avocado and then someone came onto my Instagram and started informing me about baby led weaning and oh. then sending me links yeah and I was <gasps> oh. like this is what I mean by well-intentioned yeah they wow. were being well-intentioned sure. But from my perspective, it's I didn't invite you to yeah. share that. And yes, I've done my research. Baby led weaning isn't for me. Yeah. It's too messy. I live in a carpeted apartment. Yeah. It makes feeding time go on and on and on. <laughs> I just want to spoon feed yeah, my kid yeah. and that's my personal choice. It's yeah. funny now because with Iggy, I do do baby led yeah. weaning because I've got two and I don't have time to sit and spoon feed him. <laughs> but it's that uninvited commentary. That's parent yeah. police. Okay. So you don't see that as trolling. It's not trolling. Yeah, okay. There's a big difference. Okay. Trolling is when someone is going out of their way to be hurtful yeah. in their messaging. Yeah. And trolling is something that I don't experience very frequently at all. But there is one coward who she doesn't, and I'm going to assume it's a she. Of course, she doesn't identify herself ever. She doesn't go into my DMs. She emails me. Oh, whoa. Yeah, it's really aggressive. And the last email I got from her, because I'm keeping a record of all these things, because you keep records and one of these days she's going to realize everything is traceable. Oh. I know your email isn't identifiable. Is it like when people make invisible accounts, they're only following one person or, or something and they've got like no picture and no name? Well, it's an email yeah. for one and it's a cryptic email and I've tried to search the name and nothing comes up. So she set up an email account? Yeah, to troll me. 
who's got the time exactly but the most recent email she sent me was saying how about you spend less time on creating a podcast and spend more time fixing your kids problem with sucking their thumb because their teeth are going to be totally fucked see the aggressive tone in that yeah it's very different to a well-meaning parent trying to police me versus someone who is outright trying to hurt me yeah it's vicious there's a vicious about your kids as well yeah and look I just don't reply I don't respond I responded to her once again I'm assuming it's a woman but they don't sign off on the email so I have no idea who they are but yeah I just straight up don't reply anymore but I'm keeping everything on file because one of these days I'm gonna hire a private agent to figure out who this person is do you think it could be someone you know well if they are Run. <laughs> Do you think it could be someone you know? Oh God, I hope not. That would or just someone would... who just is wishes you ill, or like wants you to be upset, or thinks you're too big for your boots, or something. Is is that the vibe? What do you think? Who knows? Yeah. There's a lot of hate watchers out there who love, like you know what it's like. Some people like to hate watch. I don't know. I, I mean, can't... I hate follow some organization accounts. Yeah. I never troll anyone, but I follow it, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're so organized. But then a part of you is like, damn, I need those tips. Like, oh, got to get to Kmart. Those ones are only $7. But like, I do follow stuff that I eye roll, but I can't unfollow. Yeah. That's what influencers always say, right? They're like, if you don't agree with me, unfollow me. Yeah. If you don't like what I have to offer, don't come along for the ride. But obviously that's part of it is that people come along for the ride to sling shit i guess i mean i have i have a hard block policy yeah yeah, right like as soon as you even slightly cross me yeah you're blocked yeah i'm really cut and dried about it i just don't even question it it's like this is my corner of the internet yeah i didn't i'm not asking you to be here if i trigger you in any way just just unfollow Mm. but is that the contract that you're like hi i'm sharing my life Mm. but then when people go oh i want to weigh in on that you're like hey 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 no 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 it doesn't come two ways no it doesn't because it's very obvious when you invite conversation versus when you don't yeah okay it's so different you can make instagram a two-way convo i love running polls and q a's like i really enjoyed that side of it because the thing i love most about instagram is connection and i have made some seriously good friends yeah who I consider dear friends who I have never met in the flesh or hadn't met in the flesh yeah when our friendship had flourished and then we finally met and it was like oh my god we're like old friends like yeah there's a really beautiful side in that when I went through fertility struggles oh my gosh I got reached out to by so many people who shared their stories and I was like oh my god I'm not alone yeah. you know like all of that is so positive yeah but I guess people need to get a gauge that when an influencer is sharing parts of their life if they're not inviting you for comment or if they're not inviting your opinion or advice, maybe don't offer it. Yeah. Okay. It's very different engaging in the way of tapping like or hitting a heart eyes emoji. Or where are those shoes from? <laughs> exactly. Like that kind of stuff. But I but I think it's problematic when you're like, ooh, their kid has bowed legs, therefore I need to oh. point that out. You know what I mean? Like it can be anything. Yeah, right. And what about the work side of it? Because this is something people wouldn't know anything about. Like, yeah, ask me anything. So if a brand's like nappies, right? Like yep. we want you to um, help us get the word out about these nappies. What's involved? Can you shoot anything you want and say anything you want? No. So this is where it becomes like a job. Yeah. So I guess something else I need to clarify is that some influencers work with brands on gifting. Okay. And some people work with brands on paid sponsorship partnerships. Okay. Very different. Okay. 
For me, my policy with gifting is if you want to gift a product, and by the way, I'm not just sitting over here being like, yeah, getting all this free shit. I mean, I am minimalist gem. I don't like crap in my house. So I am very discerning about (laughs) what brands I partner with on a gifting front. Okay. And by gifting, you mean they'll give you something for free and then you'll talk about it. It's called Contra. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I will give you the product and would love you to sing out about it if you love it. Yeah. Brands have to understand that by an influence taking on their product from a gifting perspective Mm -hmm. that the influencer is actually doing you a huge favor oh yeah because chances are the product you're giving them does not match the fees that they would normally get paid I feel like I need to say that up front because I've had a few brands reach out to me with gifting opportunities who then suddenly have all these layered expectations on what they want in return okay and I'm a little bit like well your $50 t-shirt that costs you $4 to make in China, that $4 is not worth access to my tens of thousands of eyes and ears. Now, as soon as a brand pays you, so it's a paid sponsorship, then they are entitled to having deliverables in place. So it's like, I'm paying you this. Obviously, you get given the product as well. You have to. You can't create the content without it. And then there will be a series of deliverables. So the deliverables will be anything from we want a carousel post on your Instagram page, three to five images. And then we'd like you to share three Instagram story tiles Mm -hmm. with a swipe up link. Okay. So those are now very specific deliverables. So if you've got things like swipe up, because not everyone has swipe up, right? You have to have 10,000 to get swipe up. So having a swipe up, it means your price goes up, right? Like you're worth more because it's a direct link to the product. I guess. Yes. I guess in some way. I have never really thought about that. But yeah, Yeah. because it's direct access to someone's website to purchase. Okay. When someone comes to you with something, do you have to be like, oh, that's great for my community because they'd love to know about that or no like no one in my community is going to care about a printer for say (laughs) like I'm not going to spook a printer because it's just going to make my feed look shit and it's not on brand well I think this is why lots of people eye roll influencers because there's some who will peddle anything for a price (laughs) and there's big money to be made in this yeah so I understand that when your livelihood comes into play people can bend their ethics and their moral compass and start spruiking something that they actually don't believe in or have never used yeah oh wow I'm not someone who's capable of doing that I just I'm not sitting here trying to position myself as a martyr I just can't do it I can't fake loving something that I just genuinely don't love or use I can't do it and a lot of influencers say they don't but they can bend they can take a product and go oh yeah I can fit that into the narrative of my life yeah they do it all the time yeah and look this isn't about me throwing shade because I understand it's a job yeah so I yeah, get and that. how great that it's such a democratized job it that is. anyone can do from anywhere if they have the right following. Especially for mums. Especially for women, yeah. Because a lot of these mum fluencers, they wouldn't be working yeah. otherwise. Yeah, and it means they can be with their kids. Yeah, they get to yeah. stay at home, yeah. be with their kids, create content with their kids, yeah. and get paid for it. I think it's wonderful, and I wish people were more supportive of it but yeah as I said the reason why it gets a bad rap is because there are people spruiking shit that does not belong on their page do you also think it gets a bad rap because it's a predominantly female job yes what if it was mostly men they'd be called 
entrepreneurs and yeah, they would. captains and, of industry. You know, they yeah. wouldn't be called mumfluencers. And I don't know if their fellow counterparts would sit there eye-rolling. Yeah, it'd be like, whoa, look at them. They've, like, really captured this corner of the market. They've really found a niche. They really, they wouldn't be like, oh, look at her, selling leggings. Yeah, I genuinely think, and it's awful to say this, that women get irritated at women getting paid to be themselves in their home environment. It's like, how dare you? I'm doing all the things you're doing, but no one wants to pay me for it. But what they don't see is the work that has gone behind them being present, showing up online every single day. Yeah. It's a lot of work. So just go back to like nappies, right? Yes. So they go, we want you to do this and the deliverables are three photos and three stories and whatever. And then can you just post what you want? No, you have to send all the content for approval. Right. Ahead of time. Okay. So then you send it, they either approve it or they make adjustments. They might say the copy isn't quite right. And this is the other thing. You've got to try and make the copy work organically, but then they've got key messaging. Yeah, but they want it in your voice. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, Revs, you and I have experienced this with the potty. Yes, yes. Doing sponsored content. Yeah. And it's it's the same deal. You it and this is why I try and explain to people. No, it's a job. Yeah. Like it's required creative thought that goes into it. So my thing with the potty is like, well, I would love to keep doing this podcast, and it's free, right? So people who love this podcast, they can just have it for free. I'd rather make love you, Lululemon, pay for it to exist, so that everyone who loves listening to it can have it for free exactly and I feel like that's a fair trade yes like I feel like you're giving something of value and getting something of value yes so why do people most people wouldn't snoot at hearing an ad in a podcast yet why do people snoot at seeing a mumfluencer do some sponsored content in between her organic content I'm trying to put myself in the shoes because I've definitely eye rolled at things before like well I always eye roll at any kind of like hair growth thing or skinny (laughs) tea or anything that promises you you know a change in shape or or vitamins I find vitamins really tricky yeah but maybe that's because I can't swallow tablets and that's look that's your own (laughs) weird niche little shit right there (laughs) but I guess people are like I guess if you're not really offering anything other than an account but then an account it's like a magazine isn't it it is and I think that's the other thing that people need to ask themselves when they're choosing to consume content if there's yeah. an influencer they follow who have literally become a billboard yeah when you're tapping through it's like ad after ad after ad if that's not the content you want to consume anymore then yeah. go elsewhere yeah it's so personal But for me, I don't want my Instagram to become that because I always come back to the fact that the root of me starting all of this is to just share parts of my life that bring me joy. Yeah. And that's why I say no to 90% of the brands that reach out to me. It has to be so flipping aligned for me to take it on. Yeah, right. Okay. The end. (laughs) Yeah. And do you, um, what about in your content diet for yourself as a consumer? Do you follow a a lot of influencers who you're like, oh, wow, they've really taken everything this month? Yeah, I do. Definitely. And do do I switch off? Yeah. And do you ever see on other Instagram accounts things you've said no to and then they've obviously gone somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, let me tell you a story. How weird. That's blown my mind. A really well-known skincare brand. I won't name any names. But they literally contacted me saying, hi, Gemma, can you send us your rates? We really want to book you. And I was like, oh, well, for what? Hold up. Yeah. I don't even, I haven't even tried the product. And I wrote back and said, hey, thanks for your inquiry. Um, I've seen your product around Instagram. Definitely keen to try, but I have a three month try policy before I commit to sharing your product. And they were literally like, 
Oh. And they were like, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I gave it a gave it a go and to be honest I wasn't that wrapped on the product and I haven't shared it yeah right and but then did you see it pop up on someone else's oh it's everywhere all right (laughs) and then and then I it really dawned on me that they didn't trial the products before saying yes because the way that they approached me it made me realize but then I've worked as an actor doing ads many times where I've had nothing to do with the yeah you've sold chicken when you were a vego yeah exactly (laughs) I did a KFC ad when I was a vego I mean if anyone's a sellout it's me but it felt different Because when I auditioned for that ad, that character had a name. Yeah, so right. So your line is like, I'm being myself. Yes. And I'm sharing my life, so it has to be true to who I am. Well, it just can't feel icky. Yeah. It, I can't feel like pushing a product that I genuinely don't... You, I, just, I don't know. If I get the ick, that's the signal right there to not take that job. Yeah. Okay, a few questions from my sister. Yes. Is that okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> I asked her what she would want to know about influencers. Yep. So she says, have you ever felt like you've sold your soul? Well, we just covered that when I did the KFC ad when I was a vegetarian. But as you. As an as Yeah, an have you ever done it and felt icky and be like, I'm not going to do that again? No. And I know that's a really boring answer. It's so authentic. I no, I just, I nothing <laughs> springs to mind. But what I will share is that I was given really good advice a long time ago when someone said to me, larger later. Yeah, Don't right. go for the small jobs yeah, now right, right, right. just because you're trying to grow an, an online identity. Or it's exciting to be able to earn a little bit of cash on the side. Yeah. Right, okay. Wait, just put your head down, keep doing what you're doing, and then eventually the brands that you really do align with yeah. will come. And I remember the first brand that came was Canon. Oh, wow, yeah, and yeah. that's been a long-term thing. Yeah, yeah. and that's and been an... something you genuinely use. Exactly, yeah, and okay. I was like, oh, they were right. Because at that point, I was saying no to the skinny tees and the blah, blah, blahs yeah. and, and all the brands that were doing the rounds. Yeah. I just didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, when I see overexposure of a brand working with influencers, by the time they get to me, I don't want a bar of it. Yeah. I'm like, no, because I don't want my audience to go, Oh, now Jem's spruiking this. Yeah. I just don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. And that's my personal choice. Oh, have you ever had a follower take up a product being shit with you? Ooh, great question. No, I haven't. Well, this is just really unsalacious. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me really think on this. But I love that story in the UK where a fake company reached out and paid for influencers to give them a they made up like a a can of drink or something and they made the ingredients like chemicals and then had these influencers share this product and then announce that yeah and then announce like you didn't do your research like we're actually selling rat poison you just but you did anything oh my god it's kind of mean it is mean i feel like they were like an art piece or something what do you mean an art? who did that who did who made a fake campaign to expose people i can't i can't remember it was yeah they conned if it's an art piece i'm into it if it's just a mean trick that's mean that's bullying do you ever feel embarrassed about posting spawn con i guess Yes and no. I get embarrassed about the fact, like, I worry are people going to eye roll and feel like I'm a sellout. But then there's the other part of me that genuinely loves it. Yeah. The product. Yeah. That I'm spooking. So it's, but I'd be lying if I was like, no, I feel totally comfortable doing SponCon. But I don't, which is why I'm choosing to do less of it. Yeah. (laughs) 
If I'm honest, I'm being genuinely honest yeah. here. Like I, I don't feel 100% comfortable yeah. because I know of the reputation. Why isn't it okay? Why are influencers the butt of people's jokes or, you know, receive the eye rolls when they do SponCon? I guess because everyone, when you say influencer, you think of those silly girls on the beach taking selfies who get knocked over by the wave. I know. <laughs> like, that's who's in your mind. I know. You don't think about the bosses who are basically running small businesses by helping brands reach consumers, which th- is what it is. I think for me, what I find cringy is like, when people post pictures with like a vacuum cleaner and then the caption content feels really forced where they're trying to... Wow, it was such a day. Blah, blah, did this on the slide and then blah, blah, asked me this and then the homework comment and then I burnt the dinner. Lucky I've got my Dyson shark. Yes, (laughs) that's what I mean. That makes me cringe and that's the part that makes me feel uncomfortable because as I said before, when you have deliverables, you have to deliver key messaging points within your messaging and I find the captioning the hardest part for sure because I'm trying to make it organic trying to make it me whilst delivering the key messaging and declaring that you're being paid because you you take that really seriously you do you have to put hashtag spawn hashtag ad or partner I know but that law is changing oh is it yeah. yeah, in the UK and in the US, it's standard practice. But tell me this, like, how do influencers have access to those laws? Like, how do they keep abreast? If someone's a mum with three kids and they're running this, like, a small business, and let's be frank, if it was a man, you'd call it B2C, you know, business to consumer. And it's a small business and it's entrepreneurial and it's a, it's a connecting this with that. But it's not. We call it a mumfluencer and we, like, reduce it because it's a woman's job. Yep. We look at her. If she's raising three kids and making a three-image carousel and getting approval and writing copy when is she looking up bloody advertising laws and know and how does she know how to do her due diligence and stay on top of these things like is she going to come a cropper well there's a lot of gray area right for sure and i think a lot of the education comes from observing other influences in their community i mean we can't deny that influences they're all friends they're all clicky <laughs> with each other they all chat behind the scenes they all whinge about so, the job so tell me this you don't have to name any names obviously my god but have you had people come to you and been like, oh my God, Gem, it's so easy. You just do this, 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 this. I'm working with this person. It's easy money. No, the opposite. Oh. The opposite. The other influencers I talk to is we go, fuck, this is, it's a lot of work. Yeah. The back and forth, the discussion. And we constantly talk about how, why people don't understand and take it seriously and see that it's a job, that yeah. it isn't as simple as selfie, post, caption, sponsored. It's yeah. not. Yeah. There's prep work that goes into it. There's approvals. And you know what's heartbreaking is when your photos don't get approved because you haven't quite hit the mark in the photo messaging. So you have to do it all over again. So you're basically just in the media and you just work like everyone in the media works, but you are just a one-woman show. Because if you think about a TV spot and an ad, I mean, they pay tens of thousands thousands of dollars yeah i mean the harry and megan special i couldn't i can't even bear to think how much those ad spots cost yeah but did you notice they oversold the ad spots oh for sure it was like double the amount of ads and they were only about 15 second spots so they'd obviously stuffed that real estate yeah like it did not need to be an hour and a half long it could have been a tight 25 no it was two hours babe yeah but it didn't need to be no i know at least an hour of that was advertising for sure yeah but those networks made a shitload of money yeah. because they had to pay to syndicate the We're show. We're all just pawns in capitalism. I know. <laughs> I know. Speaking of capitalism, should we move on to our influencing section where we do our <laughs> hashtag not sponsored? 
Maybe we should ask the dear listeners if they have any questions for you about this world. Sure. We can like fire some AMAs at you. I honestly feel like I barely scratched the surface on it, to be honest. There's so much to dive into. Anyway, back to our influencing gig of hashtag (laughs) not sponsored. Yes. What is your hashtag not sponsored? Oh my God, I've got such a good one and it's beauty. So just chill out. As we know, we have to wear SPF every single day, right? Okay, I'm here for this. Anything SPF, I am in full support of. And you put it on undo makeup every morning, but then what happens when the two and a half hours is over and you need to reapply your sunscreen, but you've got a full face of makeup oh, on? it's a pain in the ass. Well, you can't do it, can you? Because no. you're not going to slap your bloody Nivea all over your top of your makeup and smear your mascara. So this very clever brand... Mm called Naked Sundays. Love it. Has come out with a hydrating mist that's SPF 50 that goes over your makeup. Genius. And it's got my favorite basic bitch ingredient. I'm already Googling it. I need it. Hyaluronic acid. So not only does it SPF protect you 50 plus, it gives your makeup a little like refresh from the hyaluronic. And look, I know there are a million other um, ingredients out there. Any diehard beauty obsessed people must be like, cool, you've only discovered hyaluronic acid. (laughs) There's like 50 more intense things you need to know about. I know, I know. But this one has hyaluronic and it works really well. It's a really cute purple bottle that looks really cute in your purse. It's great. I love it. I love the name. I'm adding it to cart right now. Oh, add to cart. Yeah. Love it. All right. Do you have one for me? Okay, my hashtag not sponsored is Sabiaco. Ooh, what's that? Yeah, I'm joining you in the beauty space, babe. Whoa. No, actually, this is a cleanser oh, product. Yeah, that's beauty. Coming for my throne. I am. But <laughs> next, I... I'll be, next I'll be in with the children's cardigans for winter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will be. So, Sabia Co. There's one product in particular that I love. It's a makeup remover microfiber cloth. Ooh. Hear me out. What? I know, I know. But it's to replace re but it's to replace single use makeup remover wipes. Which you used to love. Yes. I was a huge am still a huge fan of simple oh, makeup yeah. remover wipes. But they're so wasteful. They are so wasteful. They go straight into landfill. They're terrible for the environment. So I made the move to Sabio Co. Okay. Flippin' fantastic. When I first got it, I was like, what? This isn't gonna get makeup off my face. It did. Oh. <laughs> it did. And it's one cloth but it feels like 20 flannels like it's got this kind of dense but doesn't tug at your skin like I can't explain wow I know it sounds like it was made by beauty gods yes I was like what sorcery is this and but you have to get the cleanser spray you don't Uh necessarily need the cleanser spray it works with just water Uh but the cleanser spray smells like holiday oh it makes me feel like I'm at a spa and it's the kind of spray I it's my favorite because I have a problem when it's that time of the month when my face just puffs I just look like a puffer fish yeah I can't remember the term but this spray that you spray on the microfiber cloth it de-puffs your face it's got antioxidants in it it's it's anti-inflams Yes, auntie, auntie in flams. Auntie in flams. Auntie in flams. ready. <laughs> but I love it so much and I feel thoroughly cleansed. Oh, yeah. It's so been, I've been using an oil cleanser for a while now and it doesn't, I don't feel fresh. Yes. It definitely does the job. This makes you feel fresh. It yeah. gives you that squeaky clean feeling mm, I don't without. I like the squeaky no, clean. No, no, no. The squeaky clean feeling without drying you out. Okay. All right. I, I love, love it. it. I want one. Adding to So, Sabia Co. Okay. 
I have a coat. Fuck off. I always feel like I disappoint when I don't have a coat. Hang on, let me check. I'm, I'm hoping it's still active. If it's not, I'll... um. So the code is PEANUT, all capitals, 10, for 10% off at Sabia Co. Honestly, give it a go. You will save money, yeah, yeah. ultimately. Into because it. these microfiber cloths last anywhere from 6 to 12 months, How depending do you wash on it? use. How often do you wash it? Do you need two? No, I just wash it in the shower. So I have it on my shelf. You do everything in the shower. You pull out your keep cup. You wash your face. I do. I brush my teeth. I do everything in the shower. You get the vomit out of your kid's hair. Yeah, all in the shower. All in the shower. (laughs) I couldn't help but notice that you weren't laundering your cleansing cloth. Um, Studies show. (laughs) This definitely isn't your first time being a fucking parent police. I've never I would never. Look how defensive well, you are. Because I pride myself on not giving oh. unsolicited advice. I've told you I love solicited advice. Anyone open the door for a bit of advice and I'm like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. I'm sorry, but I am catching a strong whiff of Lady Doth Protest too much. Whatever. I reckon you love getting, giving some unsolicited advice. No, never. I'm scared when I say never that I've definitely done it. <laughs> Come out in droves, friends. Oh my God. DM me. When has Revs given you unsolicited advice? <laughs> She's trolling me. She's trolling me. All right, we need to end this podcast. Cue the outro. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast.